Hey, good morning, East Lake. Uh, I'm Jeffrey Chambers. I'm actually the uh, area director here in Tri-Cities for Young Life, and I'm excited that Brent asked me to speak to you guys this morning. Uh, right at the end of this, there's going to be a little Q&A. Um, if you're on your desktop, you can enter questions, but if you're on a mobile, uh, it's not going to be able to, you won't be able to answer any or ask any questions. Um, so if you're on a mobile, switch to your desktop or laptop. Uh, so you can ask some great questions. Uh, but anyway, let me pray and we'll get going. Oh, Father, we thank you so much for crazy Sundays. We're, we're doing this via internet. Uh, this is awesome. Lord, just be with us during this time. In your son's amazing name we pray. Amen. It's funny, when Brent asked me to uh, speak this morning and, and share, I was kind of just thinking, what am I going to talk about? And so the first thing I said to myself is, I want to preach on love. Now, the crazy thing is, love for me is probably one of the hardest subjects to ever talk about, but it's funny that God placed it on my heart to speak about this. See, I didn't grow up with love. I didn't grow up in a home that was accustomed to love. Not sitting here saying I didn't have loving parents. It was just a different type of love. But luckily, I had an amazing wife who shows me daily what love is. I also chose this topic because I felt love as a topic for this morning because of today's culture has been so misused and not used in God's intentions. Increasingly these days, I see myself, especially, embracing a paper-thin love. I sit here and say I love everybody, but I put on my judgment eyes. See, love that I have promotes a comfort, warm, fuzzy feeling, but has little to do with the understanding of who God is. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. This morning, I want to look at love through the lens of the truth of God, what he laid out for us. See, according to the Bible, love doesn't insist on its own way, but the Bible's way. Jesus stressed love. He insisted that God was love. I fear, though, that for myself, that I've blurred the lines between God's way and my way. As quiet is kept for us to feel good about sin especially our own. God is ultimately the parent of, of us human beings. And like unruly teenagers, we want to rebel. My heart is to shine a light on what God has for each and every one of us this morning through this message. It's funny, I know a lot of people here at Eastlake through Young Life, and I know this is a church based off of love. And that excites me. It excites me because you'll understand what, I, what I'm going to talk about this morning because I watch it through people, the McDowell's, so willing to open their homes, especially to me. I remember when I first got here to the Tri-Cities, they literally allowed me to come into their home and stay with their parents, a total stranger. That's love. The way Steve Vollmer has mentored and walked alongside of me and the way he loves his family, his kids, his wife, that is love. So I know there's love here at Eastlake. But again, like for me, love is foreign. It's the furthest thing that I could ever even imagine speaking of, but, but God has me here this morning speaking about it. I mean, for, for me, life was not built around love, was not modeled for love. For me, love was modeled through my wife, Lizzie, and her love for Jesus. As a kid, for me, life was a time of being from a broken family, destroyed, carrying it into my adult life. 
this dysfunctional family into every aspect of my life. As a kid growing up, I would often think if there was a God in the sky and he is loving and caring, then why does my heart hurt so much? How could God be love and why won't he show it to me? Literally, I spoke with such hate for God because of every time I heard of God as some loving father, all I could think of was my earthly father. And what he taught me my whole life was to leave a wake of destruction wherever he went. An earthly father that did not teach me truth, did not, did not teach me honor, and sure didn't teach me love. I completely understand that no human is perfect. But God is the perfect parent to us all. My sense is that God's desire for us is to submit to his word as the authoritative source that rep represents his standards. But much to our chagrin, dare I say, we have this, this sense of entitlement. However, this often comes in the form of what may feel good or doesn't feel good. Sometimes we think of God as this tough love. And I completely agree that scripture can be murky about exactly what God's standards are and how we can best apply a godly principle to our lives in certain subjects. But even with tangible, challenging, plain uh, redactor of God's scriptures is ill-advised, the crazy thing is, as I've spent the last few months praying and reading and thinking of the topic of love, it brought me to 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. And let me read. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God is love, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made completely for us. Man, this for me, when I started reading this passage, I couldn't understand if God is so loving, then why why did I, do I feel this, this loss? For me, God showed his love because, he, because of the earthly father I wanted so bad in my life, he gave it to me through a God-fearing man that entered my world. It was not easy at times because this man loved me. He did not let me settle. He challenged me. He molded me and at times forced me to be better and sometimes wouldn't wouldn't equate it with love because it was this tough love, but Dave showed me a love that I've never seen before. Sometimes I would think of Dave as this, this Paul from the Bible. Paul loved people. And it reminds me of this time in the book of Galatians where Paul drops the hammer, and I just remember so many times Dave dropping the hammer on me because he loved me. 
He wanted to give me God's truth, not the truth that I've made up in my head that I'm not worth it, that I'm not loved, that I'm not cared for or desired. Instead, he built a foundation of truth. And the biggest truth was God loved me and sacrificed for me and how I lived that out. And that's kind of what I was thinking about today as we live this out. How do we live this out? And there should be a slide. I think it's number two, the second slide for you guys. And I'm going to be honest, this, these lights are bright. So your boy starts dripping. That's why. Uh, how do we know God is love? We know this because the Bible, of course, tells us. And it says right here in 1 John, love comes from God. This idea that God created love, but not just a, a touchy-feely good love that we equate, like I love Hot Pockets, uh, I love to Netflix, or I love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the greatest football team ever. Not that kind of just false love that comes and goes with feelings, but this deep-rooted love. The Bible calls it agape love. This is the love, the highest form of love. Love of, of God for man and man for God. It embraces a universal, unconditional love that transcends and serves regardless of circumstances. This idea that agape love is the highest regards for the person next to you. The love that puts others' highest good before yourself. That was Paul to Galatians when he didn't want to see them hurting. That was Dave to me. And that's the church to the world. When we love with agape love, we love with truth. And at the end of the day, that's God's nature. The author of the book of John shows this in two ways. First, he shows that God's nature is love, is that when we believe in God and trust in his will for us, we should have the heart of the Father meaning that we should love without borders. Love with, without this, this idea of what do I get out of it? I think about where we're at right now in our, in our day and age as stores are getting cleared out and we're hoarding and it's me, me, and me instead of looking out and saying, how can I love and give to those that are less fortunate? How can I give in, in such a way that they know that there's something different in me? Second, God shows this in the simple act of sending his son. And he showcased his love through the sending of Jesus. I think about my own son. Jeffrey is like, could I give him up for someone else that I don't know? Could I send my son to, to take on someone else's burdens? The flesh in me says, of course not. But God's nature is love that he knew he had to put in, in place a plan for us. As we look at verses 7 and 8 in God's nature, beloved, let us love one another. 
For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And knowing that the God of the universe is sitting here saying, I love you so much, watch me. Look what I'm going to do for you. I still can't fathom that of the sending of the Son. But he also warns us in 7 and 8, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Notice it says two things. Verse 7 says love is from God, and verse 8 says God is love. These are not at odds with each other. Because of John has written that love is from God as a link of this, it brings me right to my wife. I remember when I could not see love or goodness in myself, she's seen it. I think about my brokenness and my junk. Lizzie knew who I was pre-Jesus, and she still loved me. She still wanted a relationship with me. She's seen something in me that I could not see in myself. It's the same way God looks at us with this idea of I love you. It's crazy to, to sometimes think, how do I deserve this? I still don't know sometimes. But, be, but because of my salvation that I was given through Christ, it's the second act. It's the second act of this verses 7 through 8. It's God's act of loving me by the sending of his son. It's, it's funny, this deep love for God and, and God's deep love for us allows us to recognize our brokenness. I can sit and soak in it. It's part of what it means to be with God. Just as the sun gives light because it is light, just as God's love is from God, because that who is God, he loves us. I have a question for you this morning as you're sitting here. Who in your life do you see with God's eyes of love that you can speak truth in? For me, I'm a firm believer, and this is what draws me to young life. If we don't have anyone we can see broken around us, then we are hanging out with the wrong group of people. Who in your world needs to know that God loves them? Because I think that is exactly what the scripture is all about. Just look at it throughout. Mark 140, the leper. How Jesus enters into his world with this disease, this thing that if Jesus touches, he gets, but it didn't scare Jesus away. I look at Luke 5, 27, as he calls Levi a tax collector, a sinner, but he calls him into ministry and says, come with me. And one of the most beautiful images is that John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman. This woman who is broken and left, she changes a whole community because Jesus loved her first. See, Jesus commands us to love. Christ Jesus, before he left this crazy world, he left us with two commandments, love God and love others. This is what John is trying to tell us through his writing. As John points, points this out, if we love, we are born into a new creation. This aspect of a divine nature becomes part of who we are. This new birth is the imparting uh, to you of a divine life. 
God's nature is love. And in a new birth, our nature becomes love. In verse 12, it says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his perfect is in us. When we are born again, when we give our lives to Christ, God himself imparts that in us. He dwells in us and we shed our old self and we gain this new heart. And his aim is that this love be perfect in you and I. That is, for me, one of the most beautiful images of love. As I started thinking and really going through the Bible, I wanted to share with you guys this image. One of the perfect scriptures in, 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 in the Bible for me personally, because it's this idea of this earthly father who loves his son so much that the only way his son can, can receive it or, or see it is when his son comes to him and says, hey, father, I want half of my inheritance. And it's this idea of back then in these days when someone would ask for their inheritance, that means that someone has passed, someone has died. And for the son to ask his father, I want half of my inheritance, that is literally sitting here saying, father, I wish you were dead. This idea that the kid could no longer care about the relationship with his father that's saying, I want mine, and I'm not worried about you, Dad. The crazy thing is, out of his love, the father gives the son half of his inheritance. Now the son goes off to a distant land, parties and hangs out, loses all of his money, all his worldly friends. And there's one constant. There's one thing that has been true through this, that whole story. It's this idea that there's this father standing and waiting daily to see if his son returns. And one day his son does return. But before his son returns, his son started thinking to himself like, I'm broke I'm living with pigs. I'm in squalor. What if, what if I go back to my father? And I don't go back as his son, but I'll go back as a servant. I'll go back as, as a worker, just, just to go back. And it's this image that I think is so beautiful. It's this image that I think of us when it comes to God. In the hands of God, we have to face ourselves. And that can be terrifying. When the prodigal son returned home and fell into the arms of his father, I'm sure that boy felt afraid. We can tell by how he immediately speaks of his unworthiness. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. This wayward son has fallen into the hands of his father. His fate in his, is, is in his father's hands. And this is what his father does. Get the fattened calf. Get the best robe. Gives the son a ring. It's this idea that, yes, the father might have been hurt, but his love for his son would not change. It would not waver. 
that when this wayward son fell into his father's hands, it was probably the safest place. The grace from his father in this parable, in Jesus' story, is a picture of our heavenly father. When the prodigal son fell fearfully into the hands of his father, forgiveness, healing, and restoration begun. My question is, like, do we allow that for others? Do we even give people the chance? Or do we not show enough love to begin with? This idea that there was nothing the son can do that can stop this father from loving him. For me, I could never imagine that. I was so fearful of my earthly father that when someone would say God or Father God, it would put fear in me because I've been hurt so many times. I wish I could fall into the grips of God the way this son falls into the grips of his father. But it's because I found people who loved me continuously. I didn't have to earn it. I didn't have to earn their love. It was given freely. And that's, that's why I asked this question of how are we responding to God's love for us? As we finish, as we walk through this, I want to have you guys turn to 1 John chapter 4, verses 19 through 21. Because this is the same idea of the father in the story with the son who says, Dad, I want what is mine. Give it to me now. This is the same thing I, I sometimes, when I say, God, I don't understand you, or God, I don't want to obey. Or when I see someone who has a differing opinion of me, and, and I'm like, I, I, don't, I can't deal with you. But John, he writes this. In verse 19, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must love his brother. There's a simple image I see in my head as I've been writing this is love is a difficult thing for a sinful man as myself. To grasp this understanding of love means I have to accept God's love. The coolest thing is John knew Jesus, not just spiritually, but also personally. He was there to experience firsthand the love of the Savior. He tried to communicate that to others in these, these stories that he wrote. There's a song I was listening to as I was driving in this morning. It's by this, art, this artist named Bizzle, and it's a song called This Ain't Love. And I'm going to finish with this little song. And trust me, I'm not a singer. But it says, love won't always agree with you. We like yes men, but real men is what you need with you. Love will keep it 101. Love will watch his language in front of your son. 
Uh, sometimes love is what makes a homie fight for you. Sometimes it's only because fighting is what he likes to do. Love ain't helping you cheat on your wife. Love will be like, go home and be with your wife. Not sit up in your living room listening to you beat on your wife, then come out and play Madden like it never happened. Love will tell you when you're wrong and then help you fix it. This simple idea of like, how do we communicate love? See, the infinite love of God for man is difficult to comprehend, especially when we for so long looked at love as a feeling that comes and goes. In our selfish, self, uh, sinful flesh, we adapt to the vengeful side and the grudges and holding grudges and holding, and holding anger. We adapt to hurt those closest to us. So if we're willing to hurt the ones closest to us, what do you think we'd do with strangers? Regardless of how we are today, we are still sinful men and women. But love can be expressed even to those we do not know. The story of love is one of a conscious, dedicated sacrifice. And most importantly, it's a heartfelt change to our most inner self. See, Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice for the mistakes of you and I. And because of that, we can experience the joy of his love. Because we know the story it's impacted on our lives. See, Christ paid the cost that we could not fathom. And the crazy thing is, that's amazing love. I equate it to this idea of amazing grace of God's crazy love for us. Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much that you sent your amazing son to enter this crazy world. And sometimes we don't even understand the why. And that is okay. The simple truth is you love us right where we're at. You don't ask us to come to you cleaned up and fixed. That You say, just trust me and love me, and I'll take care of the rest. That to me is amazing. We thank you. In your son's amazing name we pray. Amen.